0: Welcome to The You Catastrophe, where we meander through pop culture, politics, church, and society to consider true human ends and how life may be enchanted. I'm Joel Harrison, joined as always by my daredevil impersonator, Dave. Um, Today, we are going back to one of our classic things. Why church? Why? This is where we discuss things that make us want to cry in the shower about the church. Now, we have a topic that we are going to discuss, but before we do that, I wanted to ask Dave, when you're crying in the shower as you do daily, Dave, Mm. what is currently on your mind?
1: Um, I recently visited a a new congregation and the preacher quoted his own response to someone on Facebook and put the words of of his Facebook interaction up on the projector screen.
0: Yeah, that's meta. But yeah, <laughs> there's so yeah. many things to unpack yeah. there. <laughs> actually, this 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 actually goes ties into something that we're going to discuss today because part of this has been um, reawoken <laughs> for me. Because it was a phrase put up on a PowerPoint slide again. That's an entire topic in itself. PowerPoints. PowerPoints. Mm. The idea that churches use PowerPoints. It's just, <laughs> it, it is just so wrong. Don't worry. He used a whiteboard as well. So... But this is, the, this is so bizarre, right? Like PowerPoints, <laughs> no, but seriously, PowerPoints, right? Pedagogically, pedagogically, we use PowerPoints as lecturers because basically they tell us we have to so that students have yeah. notes. Yeah. But pedagogically, they're pretty rubbish, right? Mm. They divert people's attention and so on. But the idea that these ministers use PowerPoints as these pseudo-lectures yeah. style... You know, for what ends? Like, I mean, the, the the idea that you're orientating people now to this big screen with your it it, it is mind bogglingly. Hey bad. Joel,
1: why would you bother having a church if you weren't recreating the social conditions around you?
0: So <laughs> what? I mean, <laughs> oh, you mean it just it just reflects? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah sure, that's true. Yeah, We're, it's a sanctified TED talk. Yeah, that's right. Sanctified yeah. TikTok. I yeah. like that. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. My
1: church, my church doesn't have powerpoints because yeah. I go to church with a bunch of people who are much older than me. Yeah, yeah. You're going to have to
0: tell us what we're actually doing now. <laughs> so please put that tea down. Uh, put your tea down. We are. You're not a nana. Put it down. <laughs> <laughs>
1: we are talking why church why, and this isn't just because. Um, actually, far from it. We're, we don't hate the church. We're not. We're not. I don't know some form of individualists. We actually have a very very high view of the church. We think it gives shape and meaning to what it is to be a Christian. Um, So this is not us rejecting, I don't know, collective Christian identity for some sort of individual quest for authenticity or some rubbish. Um, But because we love it so much, it can hurt us very badly. (laughs) Uh, That's the name of my first easy listening adult contemporary (laughs) album. Joel, I need you to imagine something for me. Um, I'm there. I need you to imagine yeah that you're a unreached pagan. <laughs> what, living, guy, what kind living, of pagan? Living in darkness. Man, I'm hoping Zeus <laughs>
0: comes visits me soon. University student. Okay, I'm a pagan university student. You
1: you've mm. got you've you've got a uh, short back and sides haircut. You've got some piercings. You've got a sleeve tattoo. Oh, um, I just sound like a youth pastor now. Uh, <laughs> you've got a really awkwardly shaped singlet tank top thing, okay. tight jeans. Yeah, I have those. Um, yeah. And some sort of um, retro shoes on. Mm. I come up to you wearing my university campus group T-shirt and I say to you, friend, I'm not religious. I'm a Christian. Are you saved yet?
0: My gosh. Um, so, Dave is here just basically trying to um, <laughs> awake, awaken the anger within me. I, I actually don't understand who the target audience is with this sort of. Okay, say Christian. what we're talking about. Okay, so I, this was, this came up again for me when I was, we were, um, uh, uh, flitting between some churches because we had to move on um, and we went to one in which the minister puts up on his PowerPoint as the first um, well, the preacher as the first slide on his slide deck um, it's not a religion it's a relationship Yes. at which point I think I audibly groaned um, which probably isn't a good thing to do to distract people from that very important PowerPoint slide of course mm. um, now this I think is maybe there are reasons behind my reaction that go back into my, uh, you know, my good old charismatic Pentecostal days where this was the sort of byline, right? The continued byline. But I think this is deeply problematic. Um, At that level, just even take your point about um, being asked as a student, I don't know who they're talking to with Mm -hmm. this thing. Like, just at a sociological level, right? Who is interested in that sort of approach? Like the idea that you'd say to someone who doesn't necessarily know things about Christianity, if you turn to them and say, It's not a religion, it's a relationship. Hmm. Are they going to turn around and you go, Oh my gosh, thank goodness? I think usually the next thing is they say is, What must I do
1: to be saved? <laughs> right. Good sir. Yeah.
0: But what but what do they say? Like, <clears throat> I mean, you know, do they I mean who Most of them get
1: frustrated like this is what I've seen. I've only seen it in on online forums discussing between atheists and christians and the atheists just get very very angry um because they just completely misunderstand each
0: other basically and
1: talk over each other
0: but i think you know who would you i mean who could that be appealing to so there was this there was a campaign similar to this on campus right and it seems to almost be maybe baby boomers Mm. who have nightmares about being forced to go to chapel yeah but I tend to think that if somebody's interested in mm. Christianity mm. at the moment, they're probably interested in it for a whole bunch of reasons, yeah. right? Hopefully, you know, there, there is a deep attraction of something, yeah. deep speaking to deep, right? But there's something they're probably interested in. The tradition is mediating, drawing them closer mm. to God through rhythms and practices, stories, taking bread, Baptisms in order to become Christ like. And so yep. to turn to them and say, it's not a religion or even like the idea that, oh, it's not about church or yeah. yep. it's about a relationship. Yeah. You know, seems you're appealing to a kind of certain person who has a very me orientated yeah. lifestyle.
1: So, can I say what I think the strategy is when yeah. they say it? So, I think um, it's an attempt to shake up people's um, automatic. Response to ideas of religion. So, um, for evangelistic purposes, what they're trying to point to is this idea that we're saved through grace alone, through faith, uh, by faith. Um, And that is somehow contrary to the idea of religion. Um, So, it actually comes from, I think, um, Karl Barth. Karl Barth um, distinguished uh, between, tried to distinguish Christianity from religion because in his view, religion was about what we do to obtain the approval from the gods, whereas Christianity was the inverse of that. It's about what God has done to win back humanity Mm. or some some kind of formulation around that. I'm I'm sure I'm getting that wrong. But the idea is, um, and this entered into a lot of the vocabulary of Protestants and Reformed people, um, this idea that um, what religion is about, is about winning the approval of God. Um, we're, not a, we're not on about that. We're about pointing to the fact that um, the price has been paid. We have free access to God. Now, I think this is very problematic because I think this doesn't capture, uh, certainly Bart's formulation of what we mean by religion, doesn't capture religion as a concept mm. at, at a whole. I think there's something very right there, that there is an inversion from the classical pagan world um that happens with with the age of christianity but religion is also about the things that bind a community together mm, the mm. things that shape the life of the individual believer to conform them to an image of the good mm. and if you're a, if you're a christian that thinks that any attempt to actually become a better person through being disciplined by liturgical structures um regular practices Um, spiritual disciplines and things like that. If you think that those things are somehow contrary to what it means to be a Christian, I'm not on board. No, no. And
0: there are people who think that though. Yeah, but well, this is the thing. So that's really interesting what you're saying about Bart and that reformed tradition, Mm. which is a much more developed way of understanding it because I think I grew up in charismatic Pentecostal circles where the phrase was used simply to mean it's inauthentic. Um, yeah, to engage yeah. in liturgical That's certainly process. certainly in the mix as well. Right? It's inauthentic yeah. because what really matters is that heart-to-heart relationship. Mm. In fact, what really matters is that you have had that salvation moment in which you have um, asked for Christ into your heart to yeah. for the forgiveness of sins. Right? Yeah. And so to do like we even had things that if somebody did a set prayer when yeah. we, it was like oh my gosh they're doing a set prayer yeah. how inauthentic that yeah. must show a real problem for them it sounds a bit Catholic almost mm. you know and that that was almost the way it was done. Now see I think um what you're suggesting there if we then break it down a little bit further, you mm. know you're talking about religion as a binding. Now I think that's precisely right. So um I think the, that's its etymology yeah so, so third century, yeah. like right in the um third century he writes of religion as religare, which means mm. to bind up or to bind together, and that refers to liturgical practice. Mm. Augustine, in his treatise On True Religion, which mm. is a Christian treatise, of course, um, talks about cleaving to God, mm. um, and he says that as the Catholic and Orthodox Christians, as the guardians of truth and followers of right, so mm. it's the practices that bind you to something right. Mm. Um, he also then, in, um, in, in uh, City of God, Talks about the community is to pursue right. And that means Mm. rendering what is due. And that means fundamentally rendering to God in worship, which means cultivating through practices a life habitually oriented God, right? A life of piety. Yeah. Um, you know, this goes on right through Christian thought. Aquinas talks of religion as a virtue, which is rendering to God what is due in reverence. Yeah. So there's he talks about sacrifices, oblations, and so on. Uh, This is cultivating a life, right? Specific disciplines of prayer, song, silence, confession, repentance, orientating one's life. And then he says that orientation commands all other virtues, right? So there's this history of actually, no, Christians, when we talk about religion, Mm. we're talking about these binding practices that shape the person in a communal context.
1: Yeah. But if I just um, give a 45-minute diatribe (laughs) and and shame you... (laughs) You'll be fine. Yeah, totally.
0: Like you'll yeah. just be better. Yeah. So
1: yeah, what are you talking about?
0: Yeah. Well, and that's the thing, though, right? When you say this, you say it's just a relationship. I remember sitting there in this church, and he says this: it's not a religion; it's a relationship. And then he started going on about the Sabbath is kind of there for man, you know, but you know, you could you be a bit flexible yeah, and yeah. so on, and uh, all these practices, these rituals. So yeah. basically, it define it tries to define. Um, the engagement in actual spiritual disciplines or the engagement in disciplines full stop yeah. to orientate one's life into, you know, trying to form oneself Christ-like, right? Mm. It turns that, and forming a body of Christ, it turns all that into pharisaical well, this problems. Is this, is
1: this is absolutely right. So it reminds me, yeah, if it is just a relationship, it reminds me of a relationship that I had in high school with someone <laughs> who I think at one point I said, I don't know if she loves me, and I'm not sure if she even likes me at the moment. Um, where, where, um, because it's thrown back on you to basically just work out whether you're one of the elect, one of one of the the chosen few, whether what you've been properly baptized in the spirit or whatever your tradition is, and you've got to just kind of work that out for yourself as an individual. Um, what's meant to be this kind of um, Religion of, or, or I don't know, doctrine of grace, where you have unconditional acceptance, turns into this incredibly fragile, precarious mm. situation where you're never quite sure what your standing actually is. Right. Um, uh, and actually, um, I remember I think it was he- hearing um, Harrow was someone who I was constantly misquoting uh, last episode, um, talking about how under these circumstances, faith actually turns into a work. Right. So actually generate it, feeling the need to generate oh, oh, the, the oh. authentic faith that you... You can to tell make I'm you, having
0: a moment of of just...
1: But this was my <laughs> this was my entire um, teenage years no, absolutely. in a reformed setting was be, they were adamant that it doesn't come through works. It comes through um, God's unconditional love and acceptance and then predestination I as think, well. I think... Into the mix. Look, I and then I was just... I had no idea whether yeah, I was elect. Yeah. Like,
0: yeah. well, or you take it in the, you know, that elect Now context. I just
1: go and... and do mass and it's fine.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, when there's a ready play, priest doing it, yeah, but that's yeah. that's yeah, what well, well, I should That's There's another wide yeah. church. Why? Yeah. So no, I you take it into that Reformed context where it's about yeah. are you the elect? Yeah, you can take it entirely into a charismatic Pentecostal context yeah. where it's not about being elect. Yeah. right. Because Pentecostals, their theology is just pragmatism. Yeah. So we'll draw a little from you evangelicals, draw a little from this, yeah. draw a little from this, and what works, and then great as the Spirit moves. Um. But what happens is that this idea that it's about your relationship, mm. it's constantly the pressure of are you do you truly love God? Mm. Do you truly love God? That and,
1: sounds like me in high school as well with I, girls. I, so. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> do you really love
0: me? <laughs> <laughs> and I that if you ask me what's one of my main reasons for why I'm no longer in that yep. vein, that tradition of you know, the fact that you call it tradition that probably a bunch of them would mm. dislike. But you know, the fact that It's because of that, that anxiety, that sheer weight of it Mm. upon – and you're right, that's such an interesting point to say – it becomes like a work in itself, yeah. right? And then it becomes like a, a millstone almost. Yeah. And so, you know, there's something so liberating about the silence and rhythms of things that have gone before you that structure mm. your life and give you a pattern for understanding and a grammar for understanding the church and the and the life orientated yeah. towards God. That that means that I don't have to do this by myself. It's not about the sheer exertion of my relationship will. Yeah, it? yeah. But the second, the, the other point that I think to draw out of this is that you know you're listening in these sermons and someone's saying it's a relationship, not a religion, and they and they're bagging on you know all these ritualistic things, mm. and it's actually about this. It's you know your your are you the elect? Are you really authentically mm. you know got your relationship? And I'm going, you're essentially saying all that we're doing here is instrumental. Yeah, you know it's 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 not of fundamental intrinsic necessity. Mm binding yourself and building a church body yeah, in which we come together through communal purposes. We take the same bread, yep. the body of Christ. We are baptized into the same body. We move, as we said um, a couple of weeks back, you know, the work of the people mm. going through these liturgical practices in which um, I engage in prayer and confession with fellow Christians and so on. Mm. All of that becomes kind of almost um you know secondary yeah to something else yeah right and it really then leads to the possibility that you said it before you know that actually if it's just a relationship and so on it can be my own authentic expression of the faith and so i don't have to actually be disciplined yeah by all this extrinsic material
1: yeah or you know concerned with staying in community Uh, Or in continuity with a global communion, for example. Right, yeah. Uh, Binding yourself to um, shared practices and things like that.
0: Ironically, all of that then uh, means that when you talk about, I think, not a religion, or relationship, what you're actually um, identifying is that you are articulating a modern conception of religion. Hmm. You know, so William Kavanagh has all this great discussion on this, right, in which... Uh, religion becomes this transhistorical, transcultural category yeah. to be defined as the individual's affirmation of certain beliefs, mm. or in this case, a certain relationship um, and, and that is separated from politics, practices of discipline, and yeah. so on. Right? Or it's the uh, individual's uh, assent to a, a set of propositional, mm. um, a set of propositions, for example, yeah. and this becomes the modern conception of religion. Yeah. Right, so when you say it's a re- it's a religion, not a relationship, in ways that's just it's like a it's like an ironic um, reworking of actually what you're saying is it's not a religion classically, hmm. it's a religion modern. Yeah, so
1: which means that what you're actually doing is you're kind of re- recreating social conditions around you. You're conforming your practices to be in line with modern religion, right? As a as right. a thing which which brings with it all these very um, corrosive social elements um, that we're meant to be resisting things like consumer choice um, right. uh, being the epitome of freedom. Yeah, so um, this,
0: is, this is, I mean, that's really, that's an important thing, right? So Brad Gregory in his book, um, The Unintended Reformation, you know, it's a really interesting argument to ponder Essentially, he says that it's the Reformation that gives rise to our hyperpluralism. It's a Reformation because we shift away from the understanding of salvation is the building of an ethical community.
1: Having killed half the population of Europe. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, that was it.
0: The salvation is the building of an ethical, the ethical formation of the community. It is communal, right? It is the building of this body of Christ. It is the formation of that body. Shift away from that to an understanding of one's, personal self ethic act or personal hmm. self ethic relationship in which you can then become the interpreter of that relationship for example and even the interpreter of the text of the bible and so on yeah. and he says this gives rise to us as the is a is the uh, antecedent to an understanding that what we are to obey is our own conscience yeah um and then that leads to notion of hyperpluralism in a liberal yeah. culture which god drops out And everything becomes, well, what is about fulfilling that personal relationship? Now, this is, you know, you could question some of this thesis and so on, but there's, I think, something interesting there where it says, well, what we're playing into by saying it is this, uh, you know, like unlearned church, you know, it's not a religion, it's not a binding, it's not a formation of this community.
1: Yeah, I mean, the impulse is there even before the Reformation, like Augustine, you, you start looking inside yourself to find God rather than outside the self and things like that, and you yeah, find God in this. It, but like, so I'm saying it, it's it's there's the germ of an idea there that's obviously. But for Augustine,
0: expo- it's intrinsically communal at the same time, right? It has to be because it's. He talks about. It, I don't a, know.
1: I haven't read the City of God. I've only read Confessions, and he, it's very
0: individualistic in right. Confessions. Well, and the I mean, the City of God. He talks about you know that the the whole point is to exist in the harmony of self-giving yeah. conviviality. I should read it. In which you are orientated <laughs> around, the entire community is orientated around the Basilica. Yeah. yeah. Right? So this is, there is nothing, yeah. It's not. this is not an individual pursuit. This yes. is yeah, that's the right. cultivation of a community.
1: Yeah. So um, I suppose to finish up, there's so many places I want to go in the last 10 minutes. I want to talk about so
0: Politically Quietest, but what did you want to talk about? I want about? to talk about unmediated,
1: un, the okay. idea you of an go, unmediated you, relationship. You go
0: to your one first.
1: Um, So having just said that and gone, or maybe partially looking within as an individual as the beginning of a quest for God isn't such a bad idea. But at the same time, um, I don't know. One of the things that I found refreshing about deciding, okay, I'm going to just place myself in a tradition and perform these practices while not going on autopilot, although sometimes I do, and that's (laughs) quite nice as well, Um, uh, is that... I gave up the illusion that I had unmediated access to Christ. <laughs> right. <laughs> Which is, I you know, if I had heard myself say that 20 years ago, I would have burned myself at the stake. Um, but the idea that Christ is given to us by the church or representatives thereof or found in community rather than in my own individual quest for him. Um, that that was such a load off mm, <laughs> right. uh, for me, um, but let's go your your direction.
0: Oh, well, you're, you know that's a you know it's a it's a good point, right? That
1: it's tied up with that similar thing, the similar yeah. quest for authenticity. But um, it
0: also means that we're not saying that we're opposed to notions of relationship, right? Nobody, yeah. n- none of this is to say that we're, um, you know, that we don't actually desire to become Christ-like. Yeah, right? or that we don't desire to know the mind of Christ, yeah. you know.
1: Or, or even like I think people have a, a a view of people who are into high church stuff as being kind of closed off mm. and um, individualistic, funnily enough. Um, but part of having a high ecclesiology I think is being invested deeply in the lives of fellow congregants and, par- and fellow parishioners. And well. also,
0: you know, and also a life that can be, Um, you know, as Aquinas says, it's a virtue that is about piety. Hmm. It's a virtue that is about adoration. Hmm. It's a virtue that it's about orientating one's life towards a source of all being and Hmm. so on. So, I mean, like, um, you know, you, um, um, you're saying that it's, it's mediated, but I don't think that means that it's absent relationship.
1: Funny, enough, we'll talk. We might actually talk about this a little bit next episode, but it also helped me to be more comfortable with the silence of God right. um, at times. That I think when I believe that I had a direct line, well, you know, um, I've, yeah, uh, I always thought there must be something going wrong with me that I don't feel like God is speaking. Right. But when, when the life of the Christian is put in the context of a liturgical structure, with its seasons and things like that, it starts to make much more sense that God is sometimes um, experientially more present, and others that He's not, and actually participating in We're liturgical life across time as yeah, well. Yeah, that's right.
0: Right, like you see, actually, that it's not just about my particular moment, but it's across that I'm in communion with mm. the saints and those who have come before, and those who are going to be in the future, yeah. and so on. And it's, yeah, yeah. but okay, so the last point I wanted to make was about, um, we've we've alluded to this previously, I think, in which we've said um, these notions of um, shifting away from the ethical formation of a community towards something that is more individualized. Um, has political implications Mm. Um, and we talked about I think in another podcast we talked about how we saw this in the postal survey Mm. in which it was very hard for communities of Christians that we know Mm. to actually speak publicly because it seemingly they hadn't invested in any um, grammar and Mm. um, basis for political ethical deliberation Mm. right Mm. Um, and you know if it's just a personal relationship yeah then it almost becomes the act of politics saying what, the, what the, is the common good or what is um, what the political community, how it should organize itself. That almost becomes like a voluntaristic imposition of one's private conception upon the public body.
1: Yeah, right. So what you're saying is that if the church is a, that the church lends a grammar, should be in the business of lending a grammar to people for discussing public issues or something like that,
0: and it's if it's engaged in this idea of disciplines and practices and formation mm. that is orientating itself towards God, yeah. that has something about um, forming a you know forming a new social body in that yeah. way is political in yeah. nature. Yeah. Um, you know, Augustine talks about it as um, you know binding oneself to God mm. and yeah. orientating oneself to God that then creates a community. Of fraternity, yeah, um, and orientates it, orientates it to charity, to mm. love, and so on. So I think there has, um, you know, there, there's also an argument here to say what what these writers thought about when they were saying true religion. They were saying that the community itself, mm. so Augustine said, to be truly just, you must be orientated towards God, yeah. right? To be to pursue justice truly, yeah, there and is, actually,
1: and to pursue freedom as well. Um, being being bound to God, Mm. ironically, is the greatest freedom for people like like Augustine. Mm. Um, That freedom can only be conceived of as within within a limited horizon, Mm. Um, which is absurd to the modern mindset that freedom means libertarian freedom um, for us.
0: Yeah, and that libertarian freedom for Augustine would actually mean that what we're doing... And he would see that as slavery. Yes, yeah, slavery because in part then we're orientated towards yeah. not the absence of religion, mm. but false religion because he would see we're, we're orientated towards forms of idolatry. Yeah. The idolatry of our own sub, self-subsistence, for yeah. example. Yeah. The idolatry in our modern times of profit or mm. goods accumulation. You know, So our culture is not actually... Um, doesn't have an absence of an orientation towards religion, mm. I think Augustine would argue. But, it would, but he would say that we're orientated towards false religion. So mm. we're always faced with this question of what are we as a political community orientated towards, mm. right? That this is not our conversation about religion, Is mm. not just about what we do individually, but it's about the formation of a people. Yeah. And that formation of a people, Augustine argued, should come to include... <laughs> And should come to, um, you know, encompass within itself the political community as such over yeah. time. That's that's how he th- yeah. understood it.
1: So, can in the last two minutes, can I can I bring a, up a different, a, a minor practical <laughs> point? What do you actually do? Right. So, I find myself in this position. I'm in a, a evangelical diocese. Um, it's very difficult for me to find a church service that follows liturgical structures, while, while also Uh, Yeah, Um, while also um, aspiring towards orthodoxy in a way that I'm comfortable with Mm. um, at the same time. Even I I go to a prayer book service at the moment, I I try and do practices like genuflecting, crossing myself and things like that because I'm starting to feel like that makes me feel like I'm participating in this continuous Historical practice and things like that, but I'm the only one doing it, and, and it's so the it formation of indi- your whole body, right? Yeah, but it's uh, but, your body but, that's. But, but I am the only person it. doing it, and I'm, and it makes me. T- it, then it turns into this individualistic. Oh yeah, 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 thing. totally. How the heck? How do you? How yeah. do you survive in our times yeah, <laughs> <laughs> This I don't. is my question. I
0: mean, I, I do this as well, and you cross yourself, and then you get these weird looks and so on. But you just have to think. Well, or
1: or I talk to my priest about this, who doesn't probably doesn't like being called a priest, and um, he can only consider my. Desire for a priest to preside over the the Eucharist as a preference, yeah, as a as some esoteric kind of hipster yeah. affectation or something, like That rather than actually think, no, I actually no, have some right. beliefs about the ontology of the. Oh, I think that's so
0: important, right? I've had these conversations in which uh, you know we were we uh, had to move church because of location and so on, and so we're looking and we you know at the, at the local churches around mm. us and um and then i had to have these moments where i'd stop and say to people this is not about searching for my preference yeah <laughs> this is yeah. not a case of i think Oh well, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna bag out to the point of saying, well, that's not real church. Right I'm not, yeah. I'm not interested in that. Yeah, but I'm not dealing in a thing where I'm saying, oh, this is just about finding my own individual preference within a marketplace of choice for Christianity and so on. What I'm actually doing by crossing myself, what I'm actually doing by um, attempting to engage in these practices, by um, you know, consciously trying to uh, at least engage with the prayer book, for example, mm. is I'm trying to say that this is deeper and richer and you should do it too. Yeah. <laughs> well, if you have advice, if you're a high <laughs> church person who <laughs> finds
1: themselves in a very low... Not even high church, you know.
0: <laughs> the, you know, If you in other contexts would just be in a regular country parish.
1: I, so, I Yeah. So I, I'm at the point actually now I realize if I... I actually feel spiritually hungry if I haven't gone to communion and, you know, it, it done It does. Something well, resembling- actually,
0: like just to take that, hmm. the height of the service being communion means that every person is fed. Yeah. Every person receives. Hmm. And then as Graham Ward articulates it, you know, you stand then at the doorway to the church, one looking looking through the baptismal font towards the altar and then out into hmm. the world. And everyone receives that gift and then moves out into the world yeah. to be a gift bearer themselves. Yeah. As opposed to other churches finishing, I don't know, let's take like an old school Pentecostal finishing mm. on an altar call. Yeah. Only certain people go to yeah. that. There's only certain people that the movement works for at that point. Or just finishing, as I sometimes in churches do, on, well, those really good chaps, yeah. a round of applause yeah. for everyone. Yeah, that's right. Let's. Didn't they do well? See you later, yeah. you know, this sort of thing. Right. There's something important about that, yeah. I think.
1: I do I'll finish with this story. Um, and a, um, I, I ha- was going through a very hard time recently, and I, I went to St um, Mary's Cathedral because I wanted just to sit somewhere quiet. And there happened to be a mass going on, and I was sitting behind a, a, a roped off area while the mass was happening, and that mm. I was disconnected from. And it was just, it was just such a very deep existential experience to mm. feel cut off from this oh, community communion process that is so something. if you'd like to convert me to Roman Catholicism <laughs> or bring me back home to it uh, feel free to but contact that, <laughs> but that's something
0: actually that's something we may touch on yeah, in our next sure. episode yeah. what does it mean what does it feel like to be actually feel mm. that you are alienated from mm. uh, you know a community context in which you want it to be mm. a rich community yeah. life
1: well, you've been listening to The you Catastrophe, Please like us, subscribe to us, drop us a review, send us more messages, affirm us. We're very, very insecure. Um, uh, it all actually really helps us to build an audience um, for reasons that I don't understand, stuff to do with algorithms and the all-seeing eye. So yeah, the more that you share us, the the, the wider our audience it will be. If you have any uh, responses, questions, comments about stuff that we said today, can't imagine what we could said that would evoke a response. Um, hey, but a, at pray. least
0: we could say, just as last we're Anglicans, right? And the Book of Common Prayer itself asks us to be inflamed with the love of his true religion. Boom! <laughs> <laughs> um, please
1: join us next week as we talk about Paul Schrader's wonderful uh, 2017 film, First Performed. In